Postpartum, also known as the fourth trimester, is the immediate stage after giving birth. Once your baby is born, so are you. Born into parenthood, motherhood. Postpartum involves the healing, the closing, the remembering of your body, but also of your mind and your spirit. It's a slow process, a steady journey back to self. Welcome to the Well Worth Watering podcast. I'm Luann, and my goal is to empower, educate, and nourish Black birthing people along their birth and new parenthood journeys. One message, one truth, one story at a time. Because we are well worth this conversation. We are well worth pouring into. We are well worth watering. In this episode, I had an amazing conversation with Darcel Being. Now, Darcel is a life purpose guide and the celebrated author of Dear Mamas, along with three children's books. Now, she's also the founder of the Reinvent Her Process and the Being Well community. Darcel holds a degree in psychology. She's been married for over a decade, and she is a mom to three young children. She is a guiding light for women looking for community, soulful awareness, and a culture of belonging. With the deep lived experience in areas of awakening and mindful transformation, Darcel uses warm-hearted joy to inspire women to make spiritual meaning of life changes, trade chaos for creative inspiration, and discover how the art of transformation can turn fear into faith. So here's our conversation. Thank you so much um, for joining me and having this really important conversation with me. Um, before we get into it, though, just tell the people about yourself, um, what it is you do, what you're passionate about, and what your work centers. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Luann. Um, so excited to be here. Um, so my name is Darcel Bing, and I am a, I call myself a master reinventor. And what I do is I help women navigate life's transitions. That's motherhood, um, that's marriage, that is divorce, um, the death, grieving, anything like that. I just help women to find themselves as they move through life's transitions. Um, I like to say that I'm a radical self-love coach as well, slash mindset mentor. But most of all, I am a mom of three and I am passionate about equipping the next generation with tools to truly know themselves and to help others do the same in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Um, that's perfect because one of the reasons why I thought uh, this was such a great fit is your work centers basically the lived experiences um, of people and like mindful transformation with all of the life changes that you just mentioned. And I can't, I struggle to think of an experience in transition deeper than experiencing the postpartum journey, right? right? I mean, uniquely just parenthood in general, but specifically the postpartum journey um, and walking into motherhood, walking into parenthood. And I believe, and I know a lot of folks agree, it's a critical time that like in preparing for the new baby and preparing for like birth and labor and all of the work that goes into like, you know, preparing for that time, we forget to be curious about postpartum. Right. It still in 2022 feels like kind of taboo, like 
maybe on the internet, people are talking about it, but like amongst friends and family, it's still like this time that is like, oh yeah, you've had the baby and somebody's going to bring you a casserole. Um, (laughs) But we forget to look at it as like a, a precious, critical time, right? And to prepare for it in ways that go past like, here's some good six baths products or, you know, physical healing aspects, which are super important. Like that's part of the pie, but like, what are the other pieces that really focus on like mental, emotional, spiritual? And I feel like that's what your work does. Right. Um, So that's what I want our conversation to center, like postpartum journey. And um, I think I want to start by you talking a little bit about your postpartum experiences in particular. You're a mom of three. So you've been through it three times. (laughs) (laughs) What were some of the things you experienced that you were most surprised by? I know that might be like a slightly different question. Mm -hmm. Um, Each time something new comes up. So what were some things that you were most surprised by, you know, after you, you delivered? For me, the number one thing that was most surprising was um, just the level of noise around me. So when I had each of my children, um, there were so many voices when I would feel like, okay, well, I don't think she's hungry. People would come in and be like, oh yeah, she's definitely hungry because my baby used to suck her fist. And I just found myself constantly doubting, like, do I really know my baby? Because here's a mom of seven and she's saying that the baby needs to always have socks on. Or here's a grandma in the church who's saying the baby has to have a hat on, even in the heat, even in the sun. So I just found myself, um, which I had never been, I've never really struggled with doubting myself, but once I had children, I found that I was constantly wondering, am I doing this right? Well, she knows more than me, or the doctor knows more than me, but I don't think that's it. But, you know, she's a doctor, he's a doctor. So that really surprised me, just the level of noise and so many voices, so many different opinions about how I should parent and how I should connect with my child. And each child, it just increased. Well, you know, when I had three kids, I did it this way. So that was really, really surprising for me. Yeah, because, you know, we, especially as first timers, you know, I think there's a part of us that figures these people that have been through it before, this is like wise counsel. Right. But that's something I never considered, you know, because I, I resonate with that, but I never considered it that way. Like you're shocked me by the amount of like noise. I love the way you describe that um, of these competing voices and it can dim that potential connection between you and your child that only you and they uniquely know, you know, you uniquely hear each other and in a way that nobody else is going to understand. Right. There are lessons that we take from any transition in life. You mentioned like marriage, divorce, like, you know, motherhood, all of these things. There's lessons that we take with us. And um, I experience those daily, like as a parent. Right. So, I want to know, like, are there, you know, besides this realization that like, wow, there's so many competing voices. What about my voice? Were there um, gems that you were able to take from each of your postpartum experiences, particularly? Um, And then before you share yours, yours, I'll just, I guess, set the stage with um, one of mine, um, which is I learned, and this wasn't really until my second, I, I have two children, by the way, I learned that 
um, I really don't need to be managing how other people feel. And I say that because that's something mm, that's like a personal curriculum thing that I had with me before I became a parent and I still struggle with now, but becoming a, a mother really like it snapped me into the reality with that. Um, there was this situation where like we had visitors after we had our son and like the visit was running like a touch too long for me because I was getting tired and they had like went to this different part of the house to like talk like my husband and my friends. <laughs> and at a certain point, I because I was trying to like go to sleep because the baby was sleeping and at right. a certain point I was just like, y'all, y'all just gonna have to place. Go. That's something that I wouldn't like. I mean, maybe other people would say that about me, like, yeah, you do that. But like, I felt uncomfortable doing it. And then at the same time, like affirmed in doing that and being like, I need to rest. Please, please go. Absolutely. (laughs) And and it it was such a, um, such a weird crossroad to be at. I didn't feel like ashamed or guilty, but at the same time, I did feel uncomfortable because it was something new that I was doing. So um, I want to go back to you. Like, are are there moments like that? Or are there gems like that that uh, maybe there's something that you struggle with prior to motherhood that showed up in postpartum? Like maybe you having to advocate for yourself or say what you need um, that that stood out for you? Um, very similar to that, Luann. It was with um, with my body. So, you know, a lot of women, we struggle with body image and um, especially if you grow up in just kind of like a strict upbringing or religious upbringing where there's all this shame surrounding the the female body. Um, And I grew up just kind of like always hiding. So like, you know, don't wear the short sleeves, don't show your arms, things like that. And I remember giving birth to my daughter and I was in the hospital and I was like, oh my gosh, don't look at me, like covering up my parts. Like if the doctor would come in really quick, I'd try to cover the back of the gown. And then once I actually was in the throes of um, transition, I did hypnobirthing with my kids. In the throes of transition, I was like, oh my gosh, take this scratchy cheap cloth off of me. Like did not care. And was just naked giving birth and was not concerned about, oh my gosh, did my, do my thighs look weird? Oh my gosh, look at my squibbly belly. Like none of that mattered. And that actually carried over um, into postpartum. And that's a gym for me because with breastfeeding, I breastfed all of my kids until two. And I'm actually still breastfeeding my youngest. He'll be three in a week. And I've noticed that whereas I used to be so scared for someone to see me breastfeeding, Um, in public, like I'd have a cover, but I was always like, I hope no one sees me. Like, what will they think? Will they think it's inappropriate because I'm out in public and there's so much just even shame around breastfeeding. And I, the gym for me was owning my body, understanding that my body is not a sec. My breasts are not sexual objects first for the male gaze. It is for me to feed my, in this moment, for me to feed my child. And I was able to just be totally liberated from that shame I had surrounding my body because I would free, I would feed my daughter. And if somebody looked or said something, I had no problem, which I've never been outspoken like that, but I had no problem saying that's your perception. If you see this as sexual, that has nothing to do with me. That's your perception. And I'm feeding my child. And all I see is a baby eating. And again, I had a cover and some people were still um, offended by that. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that in front of children. So yeah, that's, that's, that was a huge gem for me, that owning of my body and understanding that your perception or what you see happening with my body, that has nothing to do with me. 
It's what I think and what I believe. Yeah. So much in what you said was powerful. Um, the reclaiming of how you want to use your body, how you want to present right. it. What you mentioned about, you know, your breast is not sexual first. I mean, we decide when it is. Right, absolutely. Put something on and we want to be cute and a little sexy. Like, there it is. That's yeah. the moment. I'm feeding my child, whether in private and public, I'm nourishing my baby. Like, it's it's for us right. to, to um, decide. It's so interesting how shame kind of moves through our life with us. Right. Especially as women. Especially like, you know what I mean? And that's yeah, not even absolutely. touching on, you know, those of us that have experienced trauma with our bodies. Absolutely. It is heavy absolutely. and it's not always easy. And I know that that's part of, um, I'm, well, I'm going to put words in your mouth. I'm, I'm sure that that is part of why you are so passionate about transition and, and, and equipping folks with the tools to be able to like become who they want to be because yes. shame is such a heavy piece of that that holds it us is. back from moving to that next version of ourselves. Yes. Moving to the point where, you know, maybe we didn't grow up seeing, like I didn't grow up around a bunch of like, affirmed birthing women or folks yeah. like so a lot of the things that I decided to do in regards to my kids was like new you know Same. it's heavy it is. and I'm grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing because I think it helps like you said equip um a different generation of people that can like not only see things differently but have the tools to navigate when they're in a situation where they're like, maybe I'm the only person um, in my group or my family that's choosing to do something differently. Um, yeah, that's, it's really powerful. Um, a little bit of a touchy subject. So you mentioned like you, you nursed all your children mm -hmm. to two years old and you're currently still nursing your last. Have you gotten, I guess, criticism yes. for continuing... <laughs> Yeah, 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 it could still like as much as we support uh, breastfeeding, like there's still yeah. a little bit of like a well, when's the cutoff kind a of lot. thing, and like not respecting people's decision to do what they can, absolutely with their child, right? A lot of shame, like um, I use your word, heavy. Uh, there's so much shame again with, and we, I mean, we, and not to get like political, but we see it with the policing of women's bodies, even by women. Um, even what we see with the Roe v. Wade and how yeah. women women are supporting this. Um, so the same goes with breastfeeding. Yes, I've had the most criticism I've gotten. Uh, my father was, before he passed, he was like my number one supporter. He's like, I love what you're doing. I love that you are standing on your principles. And um, my mom didn't breastfeed, but she was supportive, like, you know, as time went on because she didn't see it. So she was supportive of it. And even now I am still breastfeeding and the most criticism I get women, yeah. <laughs> women are the most critical. And they were the, they were the ones with each of my kids. Oh, you don't need to do that. That baby's seven months old. They should be eating whatever. And I'm like, well, no, you know, up to a year. And then once the year passed, they're checking in, is that baby off that breast? And it's just like, do you want to be on the breast? Like, why are you right. so concerned with what I'm doing with they're my not on your breast? Yeah. Like, why are you so concerned? And then once they turn a year and a half, just the comments. And then once they hit two more comments and 
something I've noticed, I love what you talked about um, when it comes to shame, something I've noticed um, within the community and with the women that I get to coach when it comes to motherhood, there's so much shame around, again, anything perceived as sexual. So breastfeeding and this perception that, and this is crazy. This is crazy. I had um, one lady make a comment. Oh, you must like that. And I'm just like, well, what does that mean? Well, you must like you having the baby boy on your breast. And it's just like, just under like the implication here that there would be something sexual to me with an infant, a, ba- a child, right? On my breast. And I came to later find out, okay, well, she had trauma, right? So there is some mm-hmm. sexual trauma in her past that occurred at a young age. And it's exactly what you said. Shame is the shame is the wall that stands in the way of us not only becoming who we want to be and reinventing ourselves, but even unifying. Shame is what keeps us from unifying because the stories that shame tells you, well, breastfeeding is dirty. It's sexual. It's gross because that was your experience, unfortunately, with the trauma you had in your life. But then you project that onto me and imply that, you know, it's sexual for me. So just learning more about um, shame and it, it just gives me so much more grace for people, grace and compassion to understand that these women that are judging me for breastfeeding and I'm weaning, but again, you know, the boy don't want to get off. So I'm like, I'm, I'm in the process. So even those women that are trying to shame me, I understand it's their story. There's something going on there. That's their story, um, which is why they judge me for my choices when my choices have nothing to do with them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and the shame can come from various different places, maybe a place of like, I I tried or I had issues or I didn't have the resources to be able to continue. I had to go back to work. I couldn't, Absolutely. you know, and, and it's a hard thing to be able to admit that I wanted to be able to do that. And I couldn't, it's easier to go into (laughs) criticism or, oh, you still nursing him? Or, you know, some of the comments I got were, because my mom nursed me, but only until three months. Okay. um, Because she had like difficulty. She had challenges, but this was like Trinidad in the eighties. Like, I'm pretty sure there weren't like a bunch of lactation (laughs) consultants running around. Like, so she didn't have like the network to be able to support that. Um, And culturally, I think by the time we were like three, six months, like people were done. Okay. In general, like people weren't doing up to a year. So there was a lot of like, are your kids getting enough nutrients? Right. It's so watery. There's so much like lack of understanding that um, keeps you again behind that wall of like uniting and and, like understanding like, oh, this is like a wonderful thing. Um, The difference between like hind milk and fore milk. Right. And like four milk being like kind of watery and high milk being that like it, that's the heavy stuff. It hit different. And how both are needed, you know, like she didn't know that. So she would just like see my pumped milk sometimes and be like, this is nothing, you know, and, and you know, it, it it's it's a lot. It, it's a lot because it's a lot to ask, I think, of the birthing parent and family to be like educating everybody while they're trying to bond Right. Heal, yes. readjust, find their way back to self. Yes. That's a lot. It is a lot. It, it absolutely <laughs> is. And people don't even, I don't think even people even consider that, um, that comments like that. Like I received comments like that when I was 
was my first I'm pumping and you know the baby's stomach is like the size of a cherry pit so it's not even big but when I pump out only a half ounce even though that's all I needed additionally and the comments of like that's it that's nothing and then I'd be so discouraged and then the more stressed I got I'm like I have to look up oatmeal um smart water Gatorade what can I do what fenugreek like looking up all these things but even comments like that are so discouraging and I, I just think I love what you just said people don't take into consideration all that a mother is going through after birth like the postpartum period it's just it's so much yeah yeah it can be a challenge and this is what we're just talking about right it can be a real challenge to navigate this forceful pull to super mom right to kind of like secretly desire to be like pinterest perfect (laughs) ig perfect we know that's not like the healthiest thing but like you kind of still secretly want it because i'm because i'm guilty like i'm like right I want my living room to look like that <laughs> um or like you see people with like the beautiful like family portrait i'm like damn what's the last oh, time man. i got you know it's right. it's natural it's natural right and we're humans like we want to commune and like relate to one another at first glance that stuff looks great right and then when that becomes our measuring stick for who we are as parents that's where we get into trouble we find ourselves comparing and falling short and guilting ourselves and ultimately like chasing a version of ourselves that like we don't even know like is that really the version of ourselves that we want to actualize to absolutely did i come up with that or did i like curate that right from all of these things that like i think i need and think i want to be so ultimately i'm asking like a really heavy question right like what do you say to the mom, to the parent that's struggling with the weight of what it is to be a modern mother? You know, because the fact of the matter is like social media is not going anywhere. We can say to take breaks and and use it in a healthy way, which I totally advocate for. But it's still a struggle every day to navigate like those pressures. What do you say to that parent? I love that question. Um so for me, it's exactly what you hit on. The first area that I encourage the mother with is um, the comparison piece, because as long as comparison um, is present, there can be no compassion. You're always going to fall short. And the second law of physics tells us that two objects cannot occupy the same space. If comparison is there, compassion cannot be present. If judgment is there, joy will not be present. If guilt is there because you didn't cook dinner, you didn't clean up, grace cannot show up. These states, these frequencies, they cannot abide in the same container. So the first thing, the first step is inviting the mother to get very, very clear on her North Star. And this is what I did on my journey. And something that's just so it's just so helpful in realize in figuring out is this curated or is this like truly what I want? It's joy. Joy is the best North Star ever. So does organizing your spices in alphabetical order, does that bring you joy? I know you saw it on Pinterest and I know it looks good, but does it bring you joy? Yes or no? It's not, well, maybe yes or no. And you move on from there. Okay. So losing 30 pounds, one month after giving birth. Does that truly bring you joy? 
Yes or no. And what and what I found um, personally and professionally is oftentimes the things that we think will bring us joy, we're really looking for um, a feeling. There's always a feeling because weight is just a number on the scale. So when, when someone says, I just have to lose this baby weight, in actuality, they're saying, I just want to feel good in the skin I'm in again. And there's so many other ways to achieve that besides dieting and restricting yourself when you just gave birth. You just gave birth. So to the mother that's struggling, that is um, just the greatest advice and the most compassionate advice that I would offer. Get in touch with your North Star and follow the joy. Joy will always lead you home. Joy will always, always, always lead you home. You can't go wrong with that. And that will help you filter out the noise of, I don't know, in-laws or parents or culture or community or church or whatever's going on. Get in touch with your North Star. Does this thing bring me joy? If the answer is no, scrap it. It's not for you right now. When you are in the fourth trimester, your ability to discern all of this like complex thinking is not that sharp. It's not supposed to be sharp. Right. We're new. We have this new baby. We are new too. Right. And so the way you frame that in yes or no, <laughs> yes or no, like I love that. I really do. It's absorbable. It's definitive. It is mercifully sharp beautiful because it doesn't give us like all of this well maybe i don't know well let me put it away for tonight <laughs> no yes or no this was an awesome conversation yeah. i think that folks can take a lot away from this i talk a lot about on this podcast um practical ways to lead people through like the birthing journey and also postpartum um, later in the year, I'm going to be touching more on like the specifics of postpartum, like right after you have the baby, what to expect. So I think this is such a nice, um, front book end for yeah. those kind of conversations. So people don't forget about that mental and heart, sp heart space piece of healing after you've had a baby. I want you to share with everyone any events, programs, offerings, or ways that they can get in touch with you to, to get more Absolutely. Thank you so much, Luann. Um, so you can find me at um, number one, darcellbeing.com. That's where all of my um, offerings and services and community, that's where it's all housed. And from there, you can find me on Instagram at darcellbeing. And for those of you who have the peanut app, the mom's app, um, I actually have a, a beautiful growing community on there called the Being Well Community. And on there, I do pods, weekly pods, and it's to help the mom find herself outside of motherhood. So although I do have three kids, seven, five, and three, and although I've been married 14 years, and although I'm homeschooling, I don't talk about those things in that pod in particular. I move more towards helping you just kind of like take a break and like take off the mom belt and just like let the gut hang out and breathe. And let's talk about the inner child. Let's talk about your mother wounds because they are more than likely being triggered while you're parenting. So that's what I talk about um, on Peanut and in the pods. And I also have an amazing, an amazing group program called Fearless Fins, and it begins August 29th. And it is a 12-week immersive group mentorship experience. And it's all about 
everything we've talked about, which is helping you to reconnect with yourself and identify just the limiting beliefs that happened in your childhood that are still keeping you back and especially shame. So it's literally like I, I it's, it reminds me of an artichoke. So we're going to peel away layer by layer and get to the heart because nine times out of 10, there is some kind of shame that you've been carrying. There's a story you've been walking around with that's not yours to carry, and it's preventing you from becoming. And um, Fearless Femme is all about unbecoming in order to become who you truly want to be, not mom, not dad, not cousin, uncle. Who do you want to be? Um, so that's Fearless Femme. And then I also have the Fearless Sisterhood Circle, which is like a monthly coaching membership for community. And we have masterclasses, um, beautiful journal prompts, all of the things. And most importantly, their sisterhood, which as we know, that is what women need as they move through postpartum and through any life transition. So if anyone's on here and maybe you're not a mom, still get plugged in because there's so much to be offered when women get together, whether you're a mother or you're not by choice or otherwise, there's just so much for women to um, glean from one another. What you're offering and the work you're doing, Darcel, is so important and so needed. Um, you know, I know everybody's talking now about like post-Roe America. We need to be together in a way that we have never experienced before. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you for all of that. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Darcel. I hope you got a lot out of it. Please be sure to check her out and connect with her on all of the social platforms that she mentioned. If you want to keep the conversation going or review all of the things that I just talked about in depth, um, you'll be able to ask questions and jump in. Um, definitely join me for my drop-in session this month. Again, my drop-in sessions are completely free and they're hosted on the last Wednesday of every month. The next drop-in session will be Wednesday, August 31st from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can register for these drop-in sessions on my website. Just go to wellworthwatering.com and click the link for calendar. You'll see all of my drop-in sessions listed on my calendar. If you are expecting a baby soon and you are in your last trimester, I host a childbirth education class. It is a series called Overflow and it prepares you for the journey of childbirth so you can get more information about my classes through my website, wellworthordering.com forward slash services. So as always, if you have any questions or comments, you can find me at wellworthwatering on Instagram as well as Facebook. Always remember that you are well worth pouring into and you are well worth watering. <laughs>